remember the movie Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. It was a Disney Channel movie that came out in 2000. The actor who played the mom was also one of the aunts in the live-action Sabrina the Teenage Witch show. For for context, um, I guess that was kind of her genre. Um, But the actor who played the vampire sort of looked like Pierce Brosnan. Not really, really, but but a little bit. Um, Anyway, the movie itself isn't really all that relevant. Obviously, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise interview with a vampire those were the the true media heartthrobs of that particular monster before stephanie meyer popped onto the scene but i remember in the 2000 film that the vampire puts mom in a trance towards the end of the film spoilers and like i don't know part of me is like i mean i guess the you know the submissive part of me is kind of like hey that's kind of fun what's that about if you hadn't guessed it, uh, in honor of our upcoming Halloween holiday, I am talking about vampires. Um, not the sparkly, broody Mormon kind, but um, a true life sexual practice kind. Cool. Um, truthfully, there is a lot to unpack here, so I encourage everyone to buckle up. I wanted to find a few things um, and, and thus better establish the foundation for us to talk about vampires. So bear with me uh, on the jargon. So first, and I'm hopefully getting the pronunciation right, I apologize if I'm not, but hematolania or sanguinophilia, I believe the terms are interchangeable, is an interest in blood or related imagery during a sexual encounter. What does that mean? It's actually kind of a big umbrella term as far as kinks go, which I found to be true through all of this research. Usually the more niche play has subcategories upon subcategories. And though this seems like it should be a subcategory, and I mean, I I guess it is, it has a lot of different versions, sort of like sloshing. Um, Shout out to that episode. Check it out if you haven't already. Um, Arousal from blood play can come from the smell, sight, texture or taste of blood some folks may enjoy drawing blood so there may be overlap with medical fetish play or bdsm some may like the sensuality of it so maybe they like being smeared with it or covering their partner in it this can relate to period sex for some i know that you guys were all thinking about that um though obviously being open to having sex while you or your partner is menstruating does not mean you have an interest in the blood itself, but there's some overlap. Some may be a little bit more blood agnostic um, and get arousal from a new paper cut or just red wine or fake blood that you get at Spirit Halloween down the road. Blood play is considered a form of edge play, really, um, which, which means it exists on the fringes of fetish, right? Something more extreme or potentially dangerous that pushes people to the edge, so to speak. Like, I could clearly do a king cast just on hematolania because there are so many forms it can take um, and so many reasons people are interested in it. But I want to, again, just address some of, of the components that may or may not come up in play when talking about vampires in a kink or fetish context. 
that said, no matter what, um, an interest in hematelania and vampires have an un- undeniable link, which is a draw to the primal, to humanity and human nature and to hunger and to lust. Um, I'll talk about that more in a bit. Similarly, I want to explain Odaxalania. Uh, again, pronunciation, I apologize. Um, but that's the, that is the sexual arousal from biting or being bitten. This is obviously considered much more mild in the sadomasochism sphere. Even if you're not a biting fetishist, I feel like we've all been bitten or, or done some biting. Um, doesn't have to relate to anything else, but it certainly can. And in the context of hematelania, there may be overlap of biting until blood is drawn, either for a visual stimulation, a sensory one, or, or for the taste. And that brings me... To vampires. Truthfully, this sector of play runs so much deeper than I imagined initially. Um, I had watched a documentary years ago that discussed the vampire counterculture. People who live as vampires and are surrounded by like-minded individuals and those willing to be vampire prey, I guess I would say, um, who were aroused by giving their blood. In these instances, we're talking about the vampire lifestyle, which in and of itself has several subsects, including folks who consume blood of others, those who swear by the consumption, not of blood, but of like human aura or energy, folks who play vampiric tabletop role-playing games, and then the folks we're talking about today. Not all of the people who live in a vampire community or in accordance with the lore and mythology of vampires treat it as sexual or as a fetish. Of course, they sure might. (laughs) They sure might. But I want to be really clear that this is truly an umbrella term community, and there are a lot of different facets to it. I guess sort of like everything else. So hematelania and odaxalania certainly don't encompass every vampire kink experience. As already discussed... Biting or being bitten and blood play can certainly both be present in a vampire kink dynamic, or one can be present or neither can be present. There's so much more that can be stimulating or arousing about vampires besides hematelania and adaxalania. Let's talk about what that looks like at a high level. What do we know from books and television and movies about vampires? Well, to start, vampires are immortal. In that immortality, they are usually physically flawless. Perfect skin, glowing eyes, Adonis vibes, right? Similarly, they've had centuries to read every book ever, so they're intelligent and charismatic and clever and witty. It's these traits that make them generally desirable, but more importantly, unquestioningly alluring to weak-minded mortals who are drawn to unnatural levels of beauty. We are horny little moths flying straight towards that insatiable fang-toothed hottie, right? They're predators. Vampires are creatures that in some shape or form gain nutrients and sustain their livelihood or undeadlyhood from the consumption of blood or life force. They are, in many depictions, absolutely and without fail, all consumed by this need. In Twilight, practically all of the sexual tension comes from the fact that Edward Cullen is meant to be a quote-unquote 
good vampire. He's disciplined. He can walk among the humans. He goes to high school. Except for some reason, the girl of his dreams, Bella Swan, because she's the tastiest snack to him of all. We have built narratives around this idea of unquenchable thirst and literal bloodlust for, you know, that special someone. What's even crazier, but also somehow makes sense to me, um, at least after reading all of this, is that vampires are allowed to lose control entirely. And it's justified because they're primal beings driven by hunger or thirst more than anything else, right? Sexually, vampires get to literally ravish their partners because when they say they crave them, they really fucking need it. When was the last time someone really ravished you, right? When was the last time you were fucked like someone wanted to consume you? I don't know, y'all. I think I'm just like slowly buying into it. All of this can be theatrical and dramatic, which I think must be really fun also. There can be like a period piece historical era element of Bram Stoker's Dracula or Anne Rice's interview with a vampire. Like, give me lace petticoats, you know? We want 19th century. We want Victorian era. We want goth vibes. If you're willing to commit to creating the right space and play, there's something really cool and immersive about that. For those of you who watch True Blood, throwback, kind of a throwback, I guess, um, you'll know some vampire lore includes mind control or what they call glamouring. That concept, in addition to biting or blood play, can make for some really, really intense role play or, frankly, more importantly, power dynamics. When it comes to vampire play, there really isn't a gray area when looking at the power dynamic. To me, that that feels very clear from everything I've said thus far. Sure, switches or versatile, versatile individuals can take on either role in a scene, either vampire or prey, but there will always be one person taking on the role of the vampire, either through biting or blood play or role play, and their partner, who may be playing a snack or a slave, or any number of characters. As soon as you lose the vampire dynamic, it becomes something else. If you have two people and one likes rubbing fake blood on the other's body, that's great, but it's hematolania, not a vampire fetish. If you have two people who engage in hardcore play and fuck rough, a doxolania slash biting in that context is probably coupled with other impact play. But it's just not related to vampires inherently, right? So anytime here at Sex Essentialist, um, we talk about power dynamics, about BDSM play, and especially things like biting and blood and other edge play, I have to talk about safety. First, none of this should be explored without initial communication. You have to tell your partner what you're wanting to explore and ask for their reciprocated clearly communicated enthusiastic consent do not friends i repeat do not start acting like a vampire in bed without talking to your partner and do not do things like bite them or attempt to draw blood your own or theirs without communicating in advance you absolutely must talk about expectations and boundaries ahead of time i'll say that again you absolutely must talk about this ahead of time Additionally, should you pursue any of this play, you must have a safe word, especially if your vampire dynamic includes any kind of consensual non-consent. There should always be opportunity for either party to halt a situation without question. 
It can be orange. It can be light bulb. It can be Galapagos. Pick a word, any word. Just be safe and consensual, please. For those of you interested in but new to BDSM or edge play, I want you to Google two things when you finish listening to this episode. SSC or safe, sane, and consensual and rack or risk aware, consensual kink. Is your play occurring in a safe manner? Is it a sane thing to do? Is it consensual? Is it risk aware? Okay. I just wanted to end on that note. Safe is sexy. Gotta say it. All that said, I do hope you get fucking ravished tonight. Happy Halloween, you nasty, nasty people.